this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Father, we welcome you as you are here. Father, we bless this moment. We thank you for your word and the work of your Holy Spirit amongst us today, just getting into our hearts, revealing what is right and true. We bless the opening of our understanding that we would know you more, Lord God, and that we will draw nearer to you and have faith. I bless our faith here today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Almost makes you want to get married again, doesn't it, Caleb? Hey. Eleanor, I'm sure you're keen. Let's do it again. Six o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock in the morning. That's when I proposed to my wife. Yep, sunrise. It's beautiful, wasn't it, darling? Earliest she ever got out of bed. <laughs> uh, yeah, dragged her out of bed. What are we doing out here? I actually popped the little ring thing open and I had a plastic ring. And I'd spent about four bucks at one of those little turn type things where you get the lolly and that's a little, I'm like, there's a little ring in there. And uh, anyway, I got this ring. I was really excited about it. And she was like, you better not be joking. <laughs> and then I went, ha ha, the real one. Right? Don't be too serious. Praise the Lord. The names of Jesus, 40 names of Jesus. Within each name is an aspect of his personality, something that has been planted in the earth, something where his blood was shed on the cross, just like the blood of Abel cried out to God, murder, this blood, this cries out and opens up doorways for us to experience Jesus. And here today we start these 40 names and we look in John chapter 11 uh, in verse 25. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. There it is. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Well, that's good news for all of you right there. Even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Martha. She gets a mention. She's up there. So in the context of what's going on, um, Lazarus gets sick and the sisters send for Jesus. These are Jesus' friends, Mary and Martha, and they send for Jesus because they know that if Jesus comes, then Lazarus will be okay. Jesus will heal him, he'll lay hands on him. And I mean, Jesus could have just said the word because he did that at times when he wasn't there. He's like, all right, your servant's going to be healed. And then the, the guy went back and he found his servant was healed at that very hour. He could just, but they wanted Jesus to come and they were friends with Jesus. This is Mary who wept and just washed Jesus' feet with the tears in her hair. They had a relationship, a friendship, a deep connection with him, but he doesn't come and they're devastated. Because Lazarus dies and Jesus doesn't show up. He just doesn't come. They don't know why. The message goes. The message comes back. He's on his way. Well, where, where is he? Is he coming behind you? I, I'm not sure. He said he was coming. I, I don't know where he is. He's, he's on his way, I suppose. Well, we haven't got long. Lazarus is going to cark it. And that's what happens. He carks it. Carks it. Very Australian, isn't it? <laughs> uh, he carked it. <laughs> Uh, 
and they're upset. But then he comes, doesn't he? And when he comes, he doesn't actually come to them. He comes near them. And Martha goes out to him. And when Martha goes out to him, she's just devastated. She's like, if you had been here, my brother would have lived. And he says to her, he will rise again. And she says, I know he will rise at the resurrection on the last day. And he says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. One of the great I am statements of Jesus Christ. I am the resurrection. I exist as resurrection. Jesus is resurrection. He is the resurrection. And the great hope of faith in Christ, the great living hope of Christianity all over the world is that Jesus comes back to life. Dead things come back to life. It means you are dead and then you are not dead because you stand up. That's what resurrection is. You are dead and then you're alive. And that's our great hope in Jesus Christ. And uh, he says here, he says, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. He's talking about living spiritually. You'll be alive on the inside. And I'm not sure if you need a resurrection because it means that you have resurrection power now. When you're baptised, you're baptised into his death. And then when you come up out of the water, it signifies that I am now resurrected in new life in Christ. I am made new in him. And so there's a, a resurrection anointing that is left for each one of us as we hear now and after we die. And as we're here now, maybe you need some resurrecting. Maybe you need your faith to be lifted. Maybe you need to reignite your prayer life. Maybe you need to just get alive and just get up in the Word of God and get up in serving God and get up and be spiritual and not just live sort of half-baked, sort of dead Christian life. No, you're supposed to be up and at it in God and this is the resurrection power of Jesus and Jesus you know he promised in John chapter 6 verse 40 he will raise us up at the last day so there's the last day resurrection and then there's resurrection power in you now and you want to be clear on your inclusion in this you want to be very clear on your inclusion in this I mean there's a pretty good promise on the last day he's going to give you a new body and I am getting to the age now where I am looking forward. Now, I'm, you know, you remember back and then when you get a bit older, you, you find you're stuck in a little bit soft and a little bit squishy where you never used to be. And I'm like, what? I need to start doing sit-ups. This is not, I'm just getting towards 50. What happened? <laughs> age. Well, he promises a new body and I'm hoping that it'll be about when I'm 27 and I've got a six-pack and hair. How about that, Frosty? <laughs> Right? Uh, that's what old people, older people think about. Oh, getting a new body, yeah. If you're a Christian, if you've got faith in Christ. And according to young Colton, that's sort of what happened. I'm not sure if you've heard about Colton, but when he was three, he had appendicitis and his parents were very pleased at his recovery. They called it a miracle. They thought they lost him. They didn't know he had appendicitis. They got him to the hospital late and had all their church, his father was a pastor, and they're praying for this almost four-year-old, and uh, yeah, he came, and they were all good. But then after a little while, he started to say strange things. He's like, when I was in hospital, Dad, you were in this room, and Mum was over here, and I could see you praying, and I could see her doing this, and I, could, I was looking down from above, I could see you from above. It was like he, he went to heaven, and he started to talk about, oh yeah, when I was in heaven, and I saw, and he started to speak about heaven, and they're like, what? And he was biblical, accurate, biblically very accurate. He's like, Mum, 
I played with my sister. He's like, well, you don't have a sister. It's like, no, no, no. I was playing with my sister and you haven't named her yet. You need to give her a name. And his mother, who'd had a miscarriage, didn't realise. And and this young Colton had played with his sister in heaven. Played with his sister there. And so they named this young girl. They gave her a name. And then he started to talk about meeting this guy and he met this guy and one day when he was at his um, grandmother's house he was born after his grandfather passed away he's like I've seen this guy this is the guy I saw in heaven this is the guy I saw in heaven and they've written this book heaven is for real it's worth reading I can lend it to you but he went to heaven he said there's no old people in heaven and I'm going to go with that one Um, I'm not about you but looking forward to that Uh, No old people in heaven, but just a profound encounter with God and with the grace of God, um, young Colton. And, you know, the the resurrection of Jesus, it just really connects us to and confirms in us the great living hope of eternal life. And it does give us clarity. Uh, It gives us clarity for purpose here and and now and clarity uh, for what's after. And You know, before Jesus, they just didn't have the clarity, did they? They just had the Pharisees believed in the resurrection. The Sadducees didn't. The religious guys at the time, they didn't even know what was going on. They didn't even agree. And that today, you can just go to any country and they're all different religions, thousands of them. And they all have an idea of what's next. And it's reincarnation or, you know, maybe if you're a good person, then you'll come back as a better person. The spirit just wraps around to something else. But they're not fully clear on that. That's just sort of a a vain hope. Other religions have an idea of heaven and hell and it's just not quite you know they don't have living proof of of what's going on and then people will just make up their own ideas and they just say that say things that will sort of satisfy their want of hope for what's next they'll say things like well he's gone to a better place or he's at peace now or he's joined the party that's right he's he's partying now he's he's finished he's gone to the party and you would have heard some of these things before and some people just have nothing which is sort of boring, like at least have something. Don't just have, like, you just flesh and science and once it, you're done. It's like, well, I don't think so because eternity has been set in your heart and Jesus really shines a light and he gives us clarity and a living hope when you connect with him, when you come to him and you connect with his resurrection and he's the only one to show an empty tomb where he got up out of the grave. That's the difference. The grace of God is the difference. Him getting up out of the difference. And uh, you can leave that scripture up there. I am the resurrection and the life. So there's resurrection power and there's life. And this life, this resurrecting life, it's I always exist as life. I always exist as resurrection and I always exist as life. I always exist as life. And God is self-existing life. You're not self-existing life. You have a beginning and an end. Your life is not, doesn't carry all the way through. But God has always been there. Maybe we'll understand it when we get to heaven. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But he's always life. And everything in the universe is held together, comes from his self-existing life. In the beginning, in the beginning. In the beginning was Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, another one of his names, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's in John chapter 1. And he was with God in the beginning. And through him, 
all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of man, the light in your spirit, the light in your inner man. He was always there. He was at the beginning. He was working with God, Jesus, full of life, full of light. And he wants to get, he wants to share, he wants to put that life in you. He wants to share it with you. Why is that? Because you are made in his image. Therefore, you have the capacity to hold life. You have the capacity, you're meant to carry the life of God in your spirit. That's why you're created, to carry life. One of the great ingredients of love is free choice. And that's why people, they don't choose God. They don't know about eternal life. You have to have a choice. And you have a choice today and for all your life to choose Jesus to have life, to have this life that carries through this life into the next for eternity. John 10, Jesus said, I've come that may, may, may have life and have it to the full. It's not just being alive now. It's having eternal life in your spirit now and when you die. When you die, anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes will never die. And do you believe this is what he said. Do you believe this to Martha? So I want to give you uh, three connections to this resurrection life, this power of life in God. And the first connection to the resurrection that I'm going to give you today is in John chapter 3, in verse 3. You can put this one up. Jesus said, very truly. Now, I'm pretty sure when Jesus says very truly, he really means it. Okay, this is his idea. It's not anyone else's. Very truly. I mean, just think about Jesus saying to you, very truly. I mean, his life has a lot of character to it. But if he says very truly... I'm pretty sure he means it. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now, I've seen four births, and that's something that you never forget. But life starts with a birth, and you will get birthed into the. You've been birthed, okay? It's very deep, and now you're alive. But there's something else that you need for God. It's called a second birth. It's called a new beginning in God. It's a new beginning in God to be born from heaven. A new nature with a new heart and new principles. A new natural man must become a spiritual man. A new, the natural man must become a spiritual man. Without Jesus, you're alive. You're, you're a living Soul, you've got a soul in there, but the spirit of a, a person without Christ, your spirit is so deeply embedded and connected to this body and this, this mind and all this stuff that you want. And you see people in the world without Christ, their spirit is alive, there's a part of you that will live forever, but it's so entrenched in the desires and the wants of this flesh. It's called the sinful nature. It just has its own hungers, natural hungers all the time and just rejects God all the time. It just naturally pushes God away. It's called sin. It just pushes him away. It's the natural one that, you're all born, that we're all born into. It's, it's unfortunate that Adam, when he just fed his natural man, when he ate that fruit, the next result of that was that now all men, now all people have this sinful nature. They just have this spirit that is so connected to their natural man 
that they need to be born again. You need to be born from heaven. And at that moment, everyone was disconnected from God. Praise the Lord for Jesus, who is a new man and shows right relationship with God. And he says, very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. And so you have to deal with this sinful nature, this flesh, this first birth. You need to step into a new nature, a new beginning, a second birth, a new start with God. A new beginning in God. When God, you surrender your life to Jesus and he will put his spirit. He will make your spirit receptive to him. He'll make your heart beat for him. He'll take out the heart that doesn't understand or doesn't know him. And he'll come in and he'll show you, well, this is who I am. And this is what I want for you. And this is, this is good for you. You are living, your heart is now beating for me. He said to take out a heart of stone, a heart that's not receptive to God and put in a heart of flesh, one that beats for Jesus. That's what he wants to do in your life and bring renewal in your spirit. Be born again. Be born again. Smith Wigglesworth, I love reading about him, says, You are from the dead, quickened by the Spirit, made like unto Jesus. The power of the Holy Ghost is to make new men and new women, to take away the stony heart and give you a heart of flesh by the Spirit. 1 Peter 1.3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is who according to his abundant and boundless mercy has caused us to be born again. That is to be reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for his purpose to an ever living hope and confident assurance through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Slightly different verse when I'm reading. Basically, it's to let go of the old and take on the new and now live with a sense of God, now live with the purpose of God, now live with God. You must be born again. The second connection to Jesus, which I notice in this, is that Mary and Martha, they send word to Jesus, as I've said, and he doesn't come and they are upset. And things don't just quite work out like they think. Their expectations aren't quite met. I'm not sure if you've had an expectation in God and it didn't quite go the way that you thought it would. Um, And they do expect Jesus to come. But when he does come, Martha goes out to him. And so the second thing about entering into resurrection, into the life of God, is simply this. The gospel is very simply, just, just come just come to Jesus. Just, just come. Just draw near to God. Just come, just as you are. Connect with Jesus. Martha just comes out to him. She just comes out and what does she do? She just talks to him. Just come. Just come as you are. Just come and talk to Jesus. Just come and pray. And you know, even if you're upset or you've had a hard thing, I mean, Jesus said in this world you're going to have trouble. So if you're if you do have a difficulty, you you're you're doing well. It's fine. Jesus said, take heart. Oh, I've overcome the world. That's when you sort of, you know, if you have a really deep challenge or, you know, something that's really hard, just have a breath and keep going. Just go to Jesus. So she comes out to Jesus and she just simply talks to Jesus. There couldn't be anything more simple than entering into the life of God than just coming to God and just coming to Jesus just as you are and just saying, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. But he might have something else to say. But you can still tell him when he didn't show up, even when he shows up, 
Because heaven is open. So when you go to him, he's already there. Isn't it interesting that Jesus doesn't go all the way to where they are? They have to come out. It's like the disciples when John said, look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John the Baptist, and he's just the wild guy with the locusts and the honey and the hair. Almost jealous because he had hair. But I'm not. Because I don't have locusts. There he is over there. What did they do? They followed him. They went after him. They went to him. And when they went to him, he was over there and they were over here and they went to him and they were with John. And John is like, there he is over there. That's him. That's the one who takes away the sin of the world. And then they realize, you're not the one. That's the one. Let's go over there then. Let's go where Jesus is. And what is Jesus doing? He's just walking into things. Not quite. I didn't break it. He's just walking. And then he turns around and he goes to them. Because they're going to him. And when you go to Jesus, what's he going to do? Oh, you're not good enough. You can't come over here. No, he comes and he meets you. He always meets you. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. He says, to all who believe, everyone, to all who believe. And so simply come to Jesus. When I was in, I love, this is one of my favourite experiences in God when I was in Mexico and this guy came and opened my door and I was driving this big van and I was having so much fun driving this big V12 15-seater van in Mexico, in another country where they drive on the other side of the road. And when you put your foot down, V12s go really, really fast. And in Mexico, they don't have the same road rules. And so when you get to pick up the road rules a little while, and maybe I was just young and way too confident, but um, you just, oh, speed hump. That means speed up and hump. (laughs) Literally, unfortunately, one of the girls is in the back and she wasn't realising I was going to hit a speed hump and she hit the roof. Um, Yeah, it wasn't one of my finer moments. Anyway, she forgave me. Anyway, this guy came up to open my door for me. You know, nice, open the door. The problem was he had a big shotgun and he's like, get out. That's literally what he said. And I thought, is this guy Arnold Schwarzenegger? He's getting out me. Get out. And at that moment, I forgot that I had legs. And instead of getting out, I just sort of fell out, uh, which freaked all the girls out in the back because they thought I'd been shot or something. Um, And... Yeah, and, and so we were slightly traumatised because these five guys, they just took our two vans and my boots were in the back. I was very sad about my boots and a lot of passports. Um, and then so we were mostly young. We were mostly, well, actually, I was in my mid-20s. Everyone else was younger than me. And then we had these older guys. So, yeah, it was just pretty full on because we we're in another country. But fortunately, we had a lot of support um, and half of us lost our passports, which is not good when you're in another country. And so what happened was, I just went to Jesus because I didn't know what else to do. I'm like, and some guys were getting angry because that wasn't part of their expectation. They thought we were just going to build some nice houses, have a good time, serve the Lord, you know, from coming from New Zealand to Australia where it's all nice. Well, in Mexico, it's not as nice. Um, And beautiful Christian people there, nothing, and some very desperate people who see the white guys and think we can get money. So, um, so yeah, so... Why I just came to Jesus, didn't I? And these other guys, they were getting angry. They were like, well, God shouldn't have let this happen. He should have been here. How could he let these young girls get robbed and freak out? And I got out. I mean, I got it. It's like 
you know, giant steps of what you take walking on the moon. It's like, like everything went slow-mo in that moment. And then the girls were just running because most of the trip was these young girls uh, and then a handful of older guys and then some guys. And they were just running in different directions. So just people were freaking out. Uh, and the, the guys that robbed us, they just drove off and they were gone. And we're like, all right, let's come together. One girl was trying to run up a hill. It's like, it's all right, let's come back. We're going we're gonna to bring this to Jesus. And I called a prayer meeting right there. I'm like, what are we going to do now? So we're going to pray. I think I was still in sort of slow-mo shock mode. Um, but we prayed. And then these older guys are getting angry. How could God let this happen? Their faith was getting so tested. And then I just started to discover things in God's word. I'm like, we're going to be fine. This is all right. God is here. No one's hurt. We're going to be fine. Just go to Jesus. Let's just start by going to him. I'm sure he's bigger than this circumstance. I'm sure he's here right now. He's always been there. He sees you. He knows. He's always there. So he was there. So then we got to the, uh, the we had to get out uh, after we finished our job and we got transport and different stuff and we made sure we finished the mission, uh, built this house, little, little house as big as this stage, poor community. And we went up to the border and the, the American guards are not small. I'm not sure, but they seem to all be very big. I mean, Americans seem to have everything big, but these guys, you, you don't just look up, you sort of look up. Um, and so we're like, no passport, not coming through. So five hours we're sitting at this um, uh, border, and the Mexican border, and, and so I'm just like, I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. I'm like, we need to, we need to, come to, we need to pray about this. Let's, let's pray about this. That's what well, we're here. I'm getting bored. This is like, let's do something. Let's pray. Let's come to Jesus. So we just stand in the corner and have a prayer meeting. And we go, God, you've brought us this far. You're going to get us through. We bless these guys and we bless this and we welcome you and we bless you. And then this guy walks out and he goes, what are all these people doing here? Let's get them through. And we got through the Mexican-American border. But it didn't end there. We had to get out of America. So then we get on a, over to the airport and the leader, he's, he's been ringing ahead and we're there like out. like We are there half a day early because we've got no passports. Half of our crew are fine. They're all just having chips and burgers and they're like, yeah, you guys will be right. They're going through. We're not. We're like, and our leader comes back and he's just dejected. He's just like, oh, I'm tired with this. You know, it's, it's weight on him. And we're like, well, we got this far. Let's bring it to Jesus. Let's bless this guy. Let's bless that guy. Let's bless God. We welcome you here. Oh, wow. Guess what? We went through because we just took it to Jesus. We just took it to Jesus. Just come. It couldn't be more. Just come to Jesus and you will find, you will connect with resurrection life. You'll connect with doors that aren't, you can't see. You, God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask, all that you can imagine. So start imagining higher. Start bringing your thoughts higher. Just just. If you've got circumstances, yes, they're there, but let's bring it up to Jesus. Let's see what he can do. Let's have faith in God. Let's believe him and let's come to him, which brings me to my third connection, which is have faith. Have faith. Anyone, that's all of you and the rest of the planet, anyone who believes in me will live, will have eternal life. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. We'll never die. And faith is the only channel by which we can draw from Jesus life. He that believes in me, not he that loves or serves or does the right thing or is just good all the time or who who imitates me. He who believes. You know, if I cut this wire here, apart from getting electrocuted, if I take a section of it out, it's got no connection. 
It has to be connected. It has to actually have some connection. It's got no power in itself. There's nothing. It's got to be connected. Your faith has to be connected. You know, there's this... There's a synagogue ruler called Jairus, and he comes, his daughter gets sick. He's like, so he comes to Jesus, because that's what you do if you get sick. You come to Jesus. So he comes to him, and he's like, come, heal my daughter. I need you. She's sick. She's dying. She's going to die. You come. Jesus is like, okay, let's go. I'm going to come. On the way to Jairus, there's a crowd. There's just mobbing him, just like thousands of people just trying to get a bit of Jesus, just trying to get a hold of something. Anyway, there's a woman... And she's been sick for 12 years. She's spent all her money. And instead of getting better, she gets worse. She gets worse. But she hears about Jesus and she sees him. She sees where he is. He's in the middle of that. And she just pushes her way through the crowd and touches his cloak. She just gets through, just grits her teeth in pain. Just, yeah, going to have a piece of that. Going to touch that. Going to grab hold of him. Just pushes through the crowd. And he stops and he's like, all right, someone touched me. And the disciples are like, everyone's touching you. What are you talking about? Look at these people. We can't even make a way. Someone, we're going to need one of those American guards in a minute just to carve a path through here. And she comes trembling at his feet. And he just says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. It had to be connected. She pushed through the crowd and she grabbed hold of him and she had to... The, the flow of blood, the issue that she had stopped the minute, the, the moment she grabbed hold of his cloak. She had faith. She just said in her heart, if I can touch him, I'll be healed. And that's exactly what, she, if I can touch him, I'll be healed. And your faith has to be connected. And again, I'm going to go to Smith Wigglesworth because the great evangelist of the late 1800s, early 1900s, raised maybe 20 people from the dead, had his own challenges. His wife passed away, his son passed away. He had his own sickness and illness, but healed thousands of people. He said, fear looks on when faith jumps. Faith gets into it. Faith does something. It's so motivating. Faith is so motivating that you just go to him and you want to touch him and you want to serve him and whatever else that he's putting in your heart. And you can be confident, you can have an assured confidence in the life of God coming through your faith. You can have an awesome confidence in the goodness of God. That's what it is to have faith. You can have, she had her confidence in, her, in his healing power. That's where her confidence, she wasn't looking at herself, she was just looking at him, looking at him. When I started my business, I was actually quite fearful of starting a business because I had no money. And usually when you have a business, you need some money. And I had a pregnant wife who, who was due, and I had a two-year-old and a mortgage. And I'm like, well, that's a lot, you know. That's a fair bit to risk. But in the inside, I was just like excited. There was something, and then fear was like, how are you going to pay for it all? What if you can't pay your mortgage? What if you can't feed your children? What if your wife gets hungry? All these little voices, because you've got no money to buy no food. Actually, if, she, if we ever get hungry, we just go to Tony and Tanya's place. <laughs> and we just send the children. And then they come back with food. It's like this. Oh, it's part of the Russian thing. If you ever go to Babushka's house to pick up your children because they've been playing there for a while, this is Tanya's mother, she will make you sit down and make you eat. It's just the Russian way and it's wonderful. I'm not sure why I'm not, I'm not bigger.
Fear looks when faith jumps. But I had the confidence that God is good. You can have confidence that God is good. Can I have the band come up, please? You can have confidence in the goodness of God, in the resurrection power of God, in the, in the life of God. God. God's plan, His purpose, His life is laid out before you. I just imagine, you know, Lazarus and Martha and Mary, you know, just a couple of weeks later, sitting around, having a feed, sitting at their table, talking, and then laughing. How good is God? Do you have that conversation with people? Do you like sit around? Oh, God is just so good. I know if you sit with Ruth, she'll tell you about the goodness of God. But do you have that in your heart all the time, that confident expectation of the goodness of God? Is your faith connected to him? Have a confident expectation of the goodness of God. Come on, let's stand and pray this morning. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. And that's exactly what he's got for you here, now, for this life, resurrection power, to get up. Maybe you've got some areas of your life that you just really haven't given over to God. And then eternal life is Jesus in you. The hope, everlasting hope, ever living hope of His glory. Come on, let's pray this morning. Hallelujah, Lord God. Father, we praise you life and life abundantly. You have an abundance. You are self-existent. You've always got life for us. You've always got a way, ways that we don't see, things that we don't see. And yeah, we just expect your goodness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence, Lord God. And uh, we worship you today. Hallelujah, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. Your ways are above us. We thank you, Lord. You can do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we can ask, all that we can think. And yeah, we just love you, Lord God, so much for giving us more than we could ever hope for, more than we could ever dream. You've given us life in you. And we just receive that renewal here today, that new life, new life in our dreams, new life, Lord God, new life in our prayers life in our serving you, new life in our faith. We thank you, Lord God, that we are part of something that's always coming alive, always growing. And yeah, we just embrace new life where our thoughts and our minds have been weighed down with heavy things. We thank you. You're the God who just lifts off burdens and you give us new life. You give us perspective. Lord God, you help us to see you above all things. Just as Martha and Mary didn't see Jesus come when they thought, but they saw him and they experienced something that they couldn't imagine. They couldn't believe, Lord God, before he came. And when he came, he raised Lazarus from the dead. And we thank you, Lord God, for the the goodness of God. And surely that we will see greater things here. Surely we will see greater things in our lives. Surely we will see 
more, Lord God. Things that we couldn't dream, couldn't imagine, Lord God. We bless our faith to come up to your ways. We bless our faith to be lifted. We bless you, Lord God, to cause us to see, to give us eyes of understanding, to help us to see above our circumstances, above our sicknesses and our wounds, Lord God, and those things that try and hold us down. Lord God, we cause us to rise and just come to you, Lord God, and and have faith and be renewed by your spirit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.